You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We're here for issue 201. Chris, 201. That's right. Number one. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're for you brand new, new again. You new, you newcomers. It's number one. Don't worry. You're, you're getting in on the ground floor. So just so you know, what we do here is we imagine what it would be like if uh, certain stories took place in other worlds. Uh, in the past, we've done... Things like Tower of Babel from the DC Justice League of America storyline, and what would that look like in the the Marvel universe? What's some other stories that you you've enjoyed, Chris? Oh, of course, I'm always a big fan of when we took Identity Crisis, and we've done that uh, the Identity Crisis, the big DC JLA story, and cast that in the Marvel universe, um, and then even taking. Uh, Avengers disassembled and bringing it over to the Justice League. So I always love playing with those. All the numerous Elseworlds and what ifs that we bring to you as often as we can. I mean, it's the essentially it's the the things that you do after you read your comic books or go see these comic book movies or watch these comic book TV shows and talk about with your friends. We're doing it here and we hope you enjoy doing it with us. Uh, first thing we do always, though, is we get to that spinner rack because it's new comic book day or new comic book days now, and you get to we get to talk about well the new comic books on the spinner rack. So, Chris, what's on the spinner rack this week? All right. So, as Mitch mentioned before, comics don't come at you just once a week; it's twice a week, thanks to DC Comics. So, this upcoming Tuesday. Uh, from DC, they will have American Vampire, 1976, issue 8. So Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque will continue on with their uh, horror, mystery, suspense comic book series. Uh, I know American Vampire definitely did amazingly during the New 52 era, which was over 10 years ago. So that definitely says that there's a cult following there. So definitely check it out, especially with that beautiful Raphael Albuquerque art. Uh Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries issue two is out. Now, the reason why I mentioned this is as I was looking at the cover, I like the fact that that Joker looks very Mark Hamill-esque from the uh, JLU series. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm curious if they're playing with that. But as I look at the Batman, uh, he looks very much Super Friends-esque. But, you know, comics are for kids. So if you want to give them some fun, definitely check that out so you can uh, check out all the mysteries and yell at kids and row your way through that issue. Uh, Batman, the detective issue two will be out. So Tom Taylor is getting to play Bruce Wayne and his in, in his own adventures. So I believe this one is a little bit of an older Batman uh, and it's more of an international setting. Uh, but I know Tom Taylor is a fantastic storyteller, so it's definitely a safe bet. And you have Andy Kerbert and Sandra Hope on art. So uh, I'm I'm an Andy Kerbert fan. I love his stuff. I've loved him since the X-Men, his Marvel stuff, and then coming over to DC and playing there. So I'm very hyped so to does, see him back. Does this take place outside of current continuity? Like, is, is the... Future's Edge stuff done? Am I am I that out of uh, was it Future's Edge? I don't remember what it was called, but uh, Future State, yes, Future State. Okay, 
Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Okay. So future state, the way I kind of like to think of it is go back to, um, with Scrooge, that story. So when the ghost of future Uh. present comes, it's kind of like that. So future state was, these are things that can happen if we don't play well with the universe. Um, so the heroes are ignorant of it, but they're definitely trying to stop it and obviously make sure things are okay. Um, Basically, it was already paid for comic books, arts, and stories. So it's like, well, (laughs) we paid for it. We don't want to lose it. Uh, So it's just a treat for us fans. Uh, DC being an omniverse now. So you can't think of time as just a linear line. You've got to think about it branching out 360 degrees. So everything counts. Um, So it's in continuity in the fact that let's tell stories. Uh, is it in continuity with what will be Bruce Wayne's potential futures and stuff like that? Not necessarily. Um, even the Batman comics themselves right now are kind of a little bit out of, out of whack. Uh, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. It's just, you know, there's so much Batman right now that it's hard to say, okay, well, should this issue go before that issue and what plays well with the others? So this is just, um, because if I remember correctly, I think it had a different title, and then they switched it to The Detective. Um, it doesn't have any Elseworlds brandings on it, so I just would take it as, like, not necessarily in the vein of Old Man Logan, but kind of similar to that, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so, and, hey, they used the name Henry Ducard, so that's definitely, you know, they're doing some digging and research there. Um, and speaking of crazy adventures that who knows where they go, Batman urban legends, number three will be out. So this takes Batman, well, not necessarily Batman, but it takes his cast of characters across Gotham and gives them some spotlight stories. So if you are a red hood grifter outsiders fan, definitely check this book out because it's got all the material you'll want from it. Uh, and even then it kind of plays with some of the ideas of what could have happened leading up to future state or falling out of it because uh, the outsiders were featured and they were very much in a grim setting. So I don't know if this plays with leading towards that or whatnot. Yeah. It's kind of tough right now to be in DC comics, (laughs) (laughs) but definitely for all you Jason fans, that's the place to go. Grifter as well. Uh, And they even have some variant covers featuring those characters. Uh, There's a David Marquez Grifter Batman variant. And then there's a Simone Bianchi uh, Red Hood variant cover as well. So definitely check those out if you're collecting. Uh, Challenge of the Super Sons number two is out. So Pete Tomasi is back with a young Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne. Uh, Again, talking about comics that are non-linear uh so definitely damien and jonathan are on different courses because even if we look at the uh, cover b variant by nick bradshaw uh jonathan's back to being a younger boy robin is our damien is wearing the red green and yellow of robin Mm -hmm. uh right now both those characters jonathan is practically a full-grown man and i think he is going by the superman moniker and damien wayne is wearing like a black and white and he's on a fight to the death island type of thing going on so very interesting stuff but uh again at least with pete tomasi that's definitely going to take the boys and just have some fun with it and then dc is putting out a uh a festival 
let me make sure I get this title. Our Festival of Heroes, the Asian Superhero Celebration. So this is going to focus on a lot of the uh, Asian ancestry heroes of DC Comics. So that's a pretty cool celebration there. So if you are looking for stories about Cassandra Kane, Katana, uh, the new Green Lantern, Tai Pham, uh, he was from a... Uh, one-shot graphic novel, uh, The Atom, Ryan Choi, Dana Tan from Batman Beyond, Red Arrow, Lady Shiva, Damian Wayne, and um, the new Superman. Uh, there's definitely a lot of stories there to get them going. And again, dollars make comics happen, so if some of these characters get picked up, hopefully there's a chance that they'll get to see more action-adventure in their series as well. Yeah, they're definitely uh, picking, like... Uh here and there because i mean you got cassandra kane in her batgirl outfit which i mean i guess i'm not reading comic books currently but i didn't think that she was in that last i heard she was an orphan uh i believe isn't that the, isn't the asian superman superman isn't he dead and I'm, I'm not sure if he passed or not but i i know he's not in many major publications so that's as close to death as it is in comics that's the scarier death actually and then that's Kimiko is the red uh, arrow, right? Um, the daughter of, no, sister of Green Arrow. I believe so. Oliver Queen, yeah. So, yeah, no, this is this is definitely going to be like a, a time book across the DC universe. Because uh, you're right, Cassandra Kane, uh, she did become orphan in her uh, New Fifty Two time uh, when she came back. They did start exploring the idea, saying, "Well, why couldn't she have a Batgirl legacy?" Um, whether or not she's coming back to the costume is kind of being played over in the Batman books. I don't know if she's going back because that is very much her classic costume. Uh, but Ryan Choi, I don't know if I've seen him in the Adam stuff for a while now. Uh, but Katana is very much in, in newer modern costumes. So, yeah, it's going to be a... I mean, like I said, with DC being this omniverse, it's very much a, hey, we're all over the place, you know? Like, you might see a, a Neil Adams jokery looking Joker alongside a... Heath Ledger looking Joker in the comics, you know, it's, it's all fair game. <laughs> so there's a good and a bad to that. <laughs> I mean, that's what uh, they're see, all about yeah, now. Oh. They're just about, like you said, the omniverse, everything exists at all times in all worlds at all dimensions. So whatever it, it, it's, it's almost like the, the crisis on infinite earth didn't happen unless that's what they're leading yeah. to. They're going to just be like, all right, we're just going to saturate the, the comic books with all these different worlds and stuff and timelines. And then, 2025 we're going to have crisis on infinite earth again and people are going to because that would be what 40 years since uh the first crisis or uh let's see 1985 was when that happened and that was their uh their big 50th anniversary so yeah if you do 2025 you're tacking another 40 so that'd be the 90th anniversary 90 years old dc comics wow um there you go i think you just cracked it dude (laughs) (laughs) well because there is some big rumor going on that it's basically like So if you're following the events, it goes from uh, death metal to future state to infinite frontier. And that's the phase we're currently in. And then the rumor is there's two more phases. Well, if we look at this stuff, infinite frontier is kind of going to be almost like how rebirth was. Like it's not necessarily a big old action as it's opposed to kind of more like a... uh, uh, a philosophy that the comics are going through right now, uh, a phase that they're in. So that's definitely where we're going to be seeing there. So, you know, that could very well take us through, you know, mid 2022 
Then stage four will kick in to get us into mid-2024, which leads us up to 2025, where they have the the Omni crisis. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever they call it. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. on to something there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, at least the good thing is, though, there are some great variant covers. If you're a fan of Art Germ, uh, he is doing a Cassandra Cain Batgirl cover. Mm-hmm. So that looks beautiful. So definitely nice to see her get the spotlight there. Uh, and then there's a variant cover to introduce Monkey Prince, a uh, brand new character, I believe, that'll also be featured in this Festival of Heroes. So 100 pages for 10 bucks. So definitely check that out. Uh, speaking of Future State, it is not gone because we have Future State Gotham number one. So this book will basically say, hey, you, you liked that storyline enough that we'll keep some of the better parts, the Batman parts, going along. Uh, so on the cover, we definitely are featured to Red Hood. Uh, so in this case, um, it's going to be dealing with the Bat family. So um, let's see here. The epic story, Hunt the Batman, will be going on. So we're dealing with this Neo-Gotham magistrate co- uh, corruption, uh, dealing with everything. So how do all the characters play together? What's going to go on? And it looks like Red Hood might be the feature character, at least in this story arc. Um, so could be very interesting to see. Um if I'm reading this correctly, this black and white series will showcase the brutal worlds that's around the corner in future state Gotham. So uh, the art might be in just black and white, which would be pretty wild for it being such a mainstream comic to not yeah, get color. Yeah. Oh. oh, let's see. Well then moving along. And honestly, I'm being, I've been noticing this like the last couple of spinner racks. I feel like everything's just Batman titles. <laughs> I mean, they know that's, 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 that's kind of, I mean, unfortunately, that's the name that brings in the most people, uh, especially over DC. Like, you and I love a lot of the other characters, and so we especially love our, our second-tier characters, second, third-tier tier characters, but I think you have to get new readers in with Batman stuff so that those second, third-tier characters uh, will eventually get bought. Yeah, no, that is unfortunately the nature of the beast where it's like, well, put the big cow up and then hopefully when people come to the farmer's market, they might buy a chicken. So it's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, well, speaking of chickens, uh, the Joker issue three will be out. So he's got his own series right now. So James Tinian, the fourth and Sam Johns are taking uh, him on a cross international tour de force. Uh, and also if you're a Jim Gordon fan, you should definitely be reading this book because uh, this is giving a little bit of a chance for Jim Gordon to get some revenge. Um, so he's on the manhunt for the Joker. Uh, there's various covers and there's also a punchline backup. So definitely be on the lookout to whatever floats your boat. A new series will be starting up justice league last ride at number one. So Chip Zdarsky is coming over to the DC universe uh, and he'll be tackling the justice league of America. Well, the justice league, I don't know if they're JLA anymore. Um, so this will be interesting because it was originally billed as a digital first and then they would release it in physical publication. But I think now the, cho- the, the choice is to do it both at the same time. Um, so basically the JLA is done. The Justice League is done. They're 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 disbanded, and now all of a sudden there's a huge murder trial. So can the heroes come together to say their piece, do the right thing, bury the hatchet? We don't know. We're just going to see what happens. I don't. Uh, and again, Zardaski is very much a great character writer. So it could be great to see what he gives those voices. 
What were you gonna say there? I was say I don't know if uh, that cover that I'm looking at right now is n- necessarily Miguel Mendonca, but I do not care care for that art. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I, I would have to say the uh, the second cover is a little bit better. So actually, uh, the cover B, which will be the cardstock, which by the way, fans, um, you'll have your comics coming at you two ways. You have cover A, which is the regular uh, flimsier cover, and then cover B is the variant with the cardstock. So if you buy the regular floppy one, it's $3.99. If you buy the variant, it's $4.99. So yeah, those prices are increasing. So actually, um, this cover, the one that you're saying you're not too fond of, that's uh, Derek Robertson. Okay. So luckily, he is not Good. the interior artist. <laughs> and then the uh, the variant cardstock, uh, uh, Miguel Danca, uh is the artist on that one. I and definitely like the art that. does look a little bit. Yeah, I like that. that art a lot better, especially for your your Justice League. Like it needs to look that way. <laughs> yeah, you you want them to definitely look good. Uh, let's see. Well, and here's a, another fun one coming at us. So Rorschach issue eight. So we're two thirds of the way done with this year long series. Uh, this is one of the books I reviewed this week. Okay. So I, I guess I can't really talk about it just yet, but when you read this one, pay attention to the colors, pay attention to the colors. Okay. Uh, the last two pages really took me back to, um, I mean, this doesn't uh, go up to Wednesday. Solson. Are you sure you can't talk about it? Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, well, all right, twist my arm. I don't think they're going to get too mad. So I really love the fact that this played with the color scheme of red, blue, and green. So with the cover there, the three-way, mm. uh, basically our unnamed detective is starting to put the pieces together. So he interrogates three people that knew the new Rorschach, a.k.a. Will Meyerson, a.k.a. Steve Ditko. And so he's talking to the three of them. Um, so the first guy is like the estate manager, and he's wearing a red tie. The second gentleman is a therapist. So it's the therapist of Will Myers and he's wearing a green jacket. And the third gentleman is a guy who his uncle is a huge fan of Will Myerson. So since he lives near Will Myerson, his uncle's like, Hey, go help my friend, you know, go help him move stuff. And so these three people wind up going out to Will's compound and helping him set up stuff, helping him through it. And our detective interrogates them, and he's kind of like, your stories are too perfectly in sync. I know I'm getting fed a lie. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. And so the last two pages, man, it just took me back to the usual suspects. So uh, in my write-up, I did a lot of a color analysis, like what is red, what is blue, what is green, um, just because I'm not sure, like, why it's there. Like, like I didn't even catch it when I read the book at first. I caught it at the end with the cups. Uh, when he goes to the water, uh, the, the water cooler and he pulls out a cup, we wind up seeing the red, green, and blue. And I'm like, that's very weird. So weird is a, is a good thing, you know? So I'm definitely feeling like Charlie day when he's in front of his uh, theory <laughs> board, you know? So I'm trying to figure stuff out. So I can see that RGB is basically your monitors. That's why we have color. So that's a big perception on our reality. Um, 
red, green, and blue also tie into intrinsic dice, which is basically a fancy mathematical version of rock, paper, scissors. So my dice beat your dice, but your dice beat the third person's dice, and the third person's dice beat my dice. So that type of situation. So kind of they're all keeping each other in check, which aligns to the fact that their stories could be um, all about the same. And then the third is just basically like, you know, red's a fiery color, uh, blue's a trusting color, and green is an earthly color. So, you know, types of stuff there. So I don't know. I got to figure out what the heck's going on in Tom King's mind. Uh, my favorite moment, though, was seeing a crazy Frank Miller wear the Rorschach mask and then get pinned on the ground and arrested. So that was fun. <laughs> that alone was worth the admission. Uh, if only uh, uh, his buddy Johnny could have drawn it, that would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving along. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, this is a tough book. I would say if you haven't started it now, wait for the conclusion because that's where I'm scared. I, I, I feel good about it, but if that conclusion isn't strong, I'm going to be hella pissed. So if you haven't started the book, wait. But if you have started, please talk to me. I want to know what you're thinking too. All right, so let's move on to some superheroes. Uh, Superman issue 31 will be out with Philip Kennedy Johnson taking over the, the Superman mantle. So we're definitely getting to see some Superman and son as Clark and John explore space and deal with being, you know, hope, Superman and family. Uh, Wonder Woman issue 772 will be out. And this is another big book because we are dealing with uh, the adventures of Di Diana after basically ascending to Omnihood since the whole uh, death metal situation happened. Uh, and if you're a Thor fan, because I know I, I love when I love when DC and Marvel do the same stories. So I guess they're saying what's currently going on is very similar to what just happened in Thor. So the fact is that over in the Thor books, I guess Donald Blake gained sentience. So Donald Blake was fighting Thor and he's trying to save the world tree. So this is kind of what's happening here if if we're interpreting this cover and with Wonder Woman trying to save the world tree. So I was like, hey, that's cool. Like, maybe you could have a weird unofficial crossover in your head. I mean, <laughs> that's what I do. So clearly it's normal. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, so for trade collections, we have Batman Universe by Brian Michael Bendis and Nick Darrington. So this was the Walmart Adventures collected as a story arc. Uh, for you Lantern fans, I would say check it out because there's a white ring involved will it get played up in the green lantern books probably not but it's always fun to see what happens with those adventures uh the flash volume 14 collecting more of the rebirth adventures will be out so the flash age is collected uh superman action comics uh by brian michael bendis volume 4 metropolis burning will be out as well so that is your dc side of things so now let's go back to our comic shop on Wednesday when all the other comics come out. And um, you're going to have to help me out with the name, Mitch. We have another comic book podcast, correct? We do. It's, another they, uh, it's called We Have Issues. Yes. So those gentlemen will definitely give you all the lowdown on all the uh, independent books. So I'm excited to always get to hear what they've got to say. Um, but continuing on with the other big to the other big half, Marvel Comics. So Avengers Curse of the Man-Thing number one will be out. Uh, actually, we'll be getting a second printing. So it did that good. 
So that's exciting to see. Uh, I think Man Thing is 25 years old. Yep, I said that sentence without laughing. Uh, <laughs> so that's laugh fantastic. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Beta Ray Bill issue one is also getting a second printing. So that's really awesome. I I wish DC could figure out the formula because it's funny. DC is Batman. And then whatever. And then Marvel's like, hey, you love us so much. Here's another man thing. Here's another better Ray Bill. And it's like, <laughs> gosh, come on. So, yeah, they, they whatever they're – what Marvel, please throw them a bone. Help them out. <laughs> uh, Black Cat issue six will be out. And definitely start watching her book because the big uh, Infinity Heist uh, will be happening pretty soon. And I believe some of the details will be spilling out of there. Children of the Atom issue three will be out. So these brand new fans of the X-Men with superpowers will definitely be out there. But the big question is, are they mutants or are they not? So if you want to figure out the mystery, definitely check that book out as well. Um, We have Fantastic Four issue 32, which continues on with the Bride of Doom. That's right. Good old Doctor Doom is going to be getting married here pretty soon. To who? Uh, So we... Uh, we we don't uh, that's part of the big story who knows who she is um is, is she a new character is she a classic character nobody knows for sure but I there's mean, definitely going to be a lot of uh variant covers so definitely check those out i i do like this peach momoko one i think that's kind of nice i i just like the colors they're really uh really soft on that one uh scotty young i always enjoy that his humor <laughs> so we can see that obviously whoever doom is marrying she's definitely swept him off his feet that's for sure <laughs> i was gonna say the last but yeah, I, th- I remember for dr doom was uh wanda yeah when he was trying to get her back in the uh, children's crusade yeah. yeah that's right so uh oh look there's well, there's sue right there in the in the background so we know it's not sue Yep. Yeah. So I'm very curious. Uh, and even then, if we look at this, so we are looking at the incentive cover by uh, Valerio Shiti. Um, and I like the fact that Kang is in the background. So yeah. I know Kang's definitely being looked at by the MCU. So this could be a major Marvel moment. Oh, I should trademark that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be something that's going to be happening there. Uh, then, of course, we get a Jack Kirby variant cover as well, if you're interested in that. So a lot of crazy stuff there to watch out. Uh, Nick Spencer has taken over Amazing Spider-Man, and he has a bajillion spin-out books. So Giant Size, Amazing Spider-Man, King's Ransom, number one, will be out. So if you are buying the Spider-Man book, (laughs) yeah, if you're buying the Spider-Man book, get ready to buy another one because this will tie in and it will be important. And also, spoiler if you are a fan of the new Avengers, I think they have a uh, reunion here because Spider-Man does what the Beatles say. Get some help from your friends. <laughs> so we'll be seeing those folks pop up. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue 14 will be out. Um, the Guardians are definitely taking on more of the universe and being way more proactive. And that's right. Dr. Doom is a member of the team. So that's a huge change. What will it mean? What will it do? I don't know. I do love the f- fact uh that they do have the uniformed costumes i like that except the costume they gave star lord oh just sucks like his jacket is not in sync with everybody else's i was so bummed about that i know it sounds trite but gosh darn it he had a cooler costume last round so if they just <laughs> didn't change his costume he would have been better off all right enough of that moaning uh 
Heroes Reborn issue two will be out. So that's right. Heroes Reborn, Jason Aaron's uh, sneaky way of having the Justice League of America take over the Marvel Universe is here. So there's going to be a lot of changes to your favorite characters, a lot of reimaginings and change history. So definitely pick it up. Um, I think that's the fun of this is getting to see what's happening because I saw a preview page. Uh, so if you haven't read issue one, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I guess like since Hyperion was there, he's worked with the Shi'ar, uh, the Shi'ar Empire. So when the abduction of Christopher and Kate happened, uh, Scott and uh, can't think of his brother's name now, but Scott and Havoc were also taken along. So we actually see Cyclops with a little bit of a better control over his optic blast since he didn't have to jump out of a plane and smack his head on the ground. So pretty wild stuff there. So that's kind of exciting. Um, and again, there are a lot of variant covers, so shop and choose wisely. Uh, then the spinouts will start happening. So we have Heroes Reborn, Hyperion, and the Imperial Guard. So if you are a fan of Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, then this is the Marvel version of it. So definitely go check that out. So I think that's kind of fun. And actually, yes, on the, uh, uh, the variant cover by Ben Cadwell, uh, for those of you who can look that up in the bottom left corner, that's Cyclops. So wow. we can see him not using a visor or anything. And then I imagine that would be Corsair on the bottom right. So it looks like the Star Jammers and the Imperial Guard are working together in harmony. Thanks to the Hyperion character. So very interesting stuff. Uh, Heroes Reborn, Peter Parker, the amazing Shutterbug number one will be out. So, so I, um, I, ha I like the this one, but I'm not that I'm reading it, but I like this one because it's written by Mark Bernardin. It's a, he's a, 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 well, he's on a podcast with Kevin Smith. They do Fat Man Beyond uh, every week, and I enjoy that podcast. I enjoy his insights, his, uh, his ideas on how stories should be told. Um, so he's been talking about this book for the last couple of weeks, and it—I mean—it sounds interesting, right? What what if Spider-Man hadn't been bitten by that radioactive spider, or what if Peter Parker hadn't been bitten by that radioactive spider? Yeah, no, it's definitely like—I mean, I am—I'm pretty excited to see what's going on. So uh, I do like the fact that in this world. Peter Parker actually has to become a photographer. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be kind of cool to see what he's going to do. And I'm very intrigued as I look at the uh, cover B by Greg land, like, so he might not have gotten bit by the spider, but what the heck is going on with this green uh, hands and extra limbs coming out of him? So that'll definitely be very interesting to see how that plays. He out. got stung by a radioactive scorpion. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see here. We've got, um, silk issue three coming out as well. So, uh, Tanya moon is getting her own series, uh, or continuing her own series. So definitely give her some support. If you are hoping to see her last long, uh, Spider-Man spiders shadow number two will be out. So the what ifs are back in full force. So it's no longer just a one shot, one issue done story. It's going to be a story arc. Um, I definitely enjoyed issue one. I thought it was really fun. And then a fun little fact, if you missed out, the brand new What If logo was actually designed by Chip Zardaski. So he's he's pretty much all in to see this uh, this these stories continue on. So I'm excited to see because if we want to see a fall of Peter Parker, this is definitely a great story for it. Uh, and we've got Spider-Woman issue 12 out as well. Uh, several Star Wars books, so if that's your jam, check that out. A brand new X-Book will be launched, 
X Corp number one. So this looks like definitely uh, a book for angel fans. I'm not too sure who the other character is, and I'm not too sure about the purpose and mission of this book, but I'm guessing if you like bureaucracy and spreadsheets and superheroics, this might be the place to go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we've also got X-Factor issue 9, and then for the collected editions, the Annihilation Conquest Omnibus will be out. So this was a huge one. Uh, Ultron in space going crazy bananas evil. Uh, and this is actually because of the fallout from this story arc. That's why we have the Guardians of the Galaxy. So if you missed out on that beautiful story, definitely check it out. Now, this is one that excites me. So Avengers Epic Collection Volume 9, the final threat is getting a brand new printing. So Steve Englehart and George Perez and other talented folks taking on the Avengers in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, So I find it interesting that this is being brought back because usually stuff is brought back with a reason and a purpose. So maybe I'm fishing, but I hope I catch something. Uh, This is the return of Wonder Man. So, hey, maybe I know he will be played over in uh, the MODOK TV series, but hopefully we'll get some more action there. Uh, Fantastic Four Volume 7 by Dan Slott Forever Gate will be collected as well. Uh, Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, the complete collection Volume 3 will be out as well. And then get ready because Loki's going to be coming to us every Wednesday. So if you want to get a Marvelverse collection of various stories and awesome adventures of the trickster, then definitely check out the Marvelverse Loki graphic novel. Uh, Morbius is getting a volume two of his epic collection. So luckily the anticipation for this movie is going to warrant more collected editions of the living vampire. So we'll get to see some of his, uh, I want to say late seventies also actually probably seventies just by that art. I think that's all Gil Kane. So we'll get to see some wickedness coming out of there. And that's your spinner rack. That is quite the spinner rack. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about some what's going on. In comic book news, so we got some stories to talk about. One thing uh, is kind of tangential. Uh, it's 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 about comic books, but it's also about the comic book movies. Uh, we're gonna be getting a new spy uh, Spider Man. We're gonna be getting a new Superman movie uh, because over at DC Films, Warner Brothers, they don't know how to make anything other than Batman and Superman movies, and to keep it <laughs> apparently. Uh, Fresh, they've decided they're going to hire Tanahasi Coates, a brilliant writer, to write a new Superman movie. Well, that's not all they're stopping at. They're they're making sure that they're hiring a black uh, director, and it will be a black Clark Kent as a Superman, as opposed to doing a story that is about Val Zod or Calvin Ellis or even John Henry Irons. We're going to go and make Clark Kent black. Sure, why not? I, I'm okay with you making that movie, but you really should look into making other characters in your roster, in your quiver. Uh, so, there you go. How do you feel about that, Chris? I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I've I've sat and thought about this. You know, um, I go back to Shakespeare, and when Shakespeare wrote these plays and put them up on the stage, it was a bunch of English dudes playing all the parts, women included, uh, because it was very localized. Now, as time has gone on, you know, and even here in our town, I mean, uh, a couple of years back, one of our local theater companies did Schindler's List, and there weren't a lot of Jewish or German people 
playing the parts. It was the local community, which is predominantly Hispanic. But as long as you're true to character and story, that's always a big win. Um, I've seen Michael Clark Duncan play the Kingpin, and I loved his version of the Kingpin. Um, so, I mean, as long as they get to the point of Clark Kent, I'd be great with it. But at the same time, if they are wanting to keep fresh and with the times, then give us Valzad. Uh, give us President Superman. Give us Sunshine Superman. You know, you have at least three different characters that would have a better struggle than what our times might be looking for. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I and I, I saw a great post about this, and whether you agree or not, you know, that's always up to you. But, you know, this just makes me want static shock that much more. If you're going to develop, then develop the right, you know, develop the right characters and, and put them out there because... When you look at the change, like, for example, it wasn't the fact that they took Steve Rogers and changed his race. It was the fact that they featured another character and they grew his legacy with Sam Wilson. So that's what I want to see. But uh, DC, I just their course correction is it seems like it's a little bit in line with Coca-Cola's theory. So (laughs) if that's what they need to do, then that's what they need to do. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love Superman and Batman, but like. You, how many ba- Superman and Batman movies are we going to get in the last 30 years? Like, you have other characters. Like, Shazam did really well. Aquaman did extremely well. Uh, you, you have a Harley Quinn series. You, I know you're going to continue with those ones, but catch the hint. It's not course correction if you're just going backwards and doing the same characters over and over. So, yeah. Uh, other characters, DC. I, I I know you use them in in the TV shows, but you can use them in the in the movies too. So, uh, or what, what's yeah, the, it would those, be nice if they opened the toy box. Yeah, uh, and and I didn't I didn't use the word quiver by accident. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's some of the stories you wanted to talk about, Chris? Well, so I found this interesting and. Um, would stress this as I guess maybe this is more of an editorial. So for all you new creators or aspiring creators, do yourself a favor and don't think you're too good to the point where you shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, so Rob Liefeld, yes, I'm going to speak ill of the man. I know for all you Deadpool fanatics, that's hearsay. But again, Deadpool isn't cool because of Rob Liefeld. That goes to uh, Joe Casey, uh, Fabianesca, and others, even Mark Wade. And Gail uh, But anyway, so... Yeah, Gail Simone, she's done some incredible stories. So, but anyways, good old Rob, he decided, uh, well, actually, he didn't decide. So he got a job with uh, Archie Comics Company, and they're bringing back the shield. Now, I know that phrase gets used a lot. Well, what kind of shield is this? The shield was the first uh, Golden Age patriotic superhero. He's actually why we have uh, a round Captain America shield, because when Cap first came out, he had that triangular shield. Well, the S.H.I.E.L.D. character was all about wearing an experimental uh, suit that was a giant S.H.I.E.L.D. But anyways, uh, definitely Wikipedia, the character. Um, But I've always had a soft spot for these characters because back in the early 90s, DC Comics had an imprint called Impact Comics. And so they took all those MLJ Archie characters, the S.H.I.E.L.D., the Comet, the Web, uh, Jaguar, and the Fly, and started their own small universe that grew. And there's a ton of talent in those pages, so check them out if you ever get a chance. But sadly, these characters have not found a home. Uh, They've been farmed out, loaned out, 
so they could get published by other people. Uh, they're finally back home at Archie Comics, and I believe this is like the third or fourth time Archie Comics has tried to make them relevant again. So this time they figured, hey, let's let's trust in Rob Liefeld. So he was all hyped to do a series, and I'll be honest with you, I was on the fence. Uh, just because I am not a Rob Liefeld fan, I kind of was worried about getting involved in it, but I love these characters enough to think about it. Uh, plus, another great person, Raymond Lee, is doing a, a variant cover. Definitely follow Raymond Lee on social media and see his beautiful art. Um, but anyways, a comic book store commissioned a variant cover, Camelot Books and Comics, and so they got the Raymond Lee to uh, do the cover for him. They posted it on their social media, and they made the mistake of tagging Rob Liefeld. So once it became aware to his attention, that's when Rob Liefeld decided to take the image, share it himself, and then put the following. When a key plot point element is revealed on a retail variant cover, it's probably time to exit the stage on this one. Like, seriously? Question mark. There went that project. Dot, dot, dot. To wow. me, that worries me. And even in the comments, you know, a fan asked him, no, you know, don't leave the book. And Rob Liefeld was like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm leaving it. That's it. I have other projects, though. It's going to be good. I, that So, like I said earlier, I was on the fence. I'm off the fence. I'm not buying the book. Why? Because I don't know if he's going to tell his whole story. Did he only put four out of the six parts out there? Or, you know, did he put all of it out there? I don't know. Um, so it's funny because an innocent post where he could have easily reached out to that comic company and just said, Hey, can you pull this? Nobody would have been the wiser life would have been fine. But instead he takes it, reshares it, puts it out there. And then is just crying about it saying boo hoo. So, you know, don't be your own worst critic. Don't be your own worst failing. Um, so Rob Liefeld to me, that pushed it just that much more to the point where, I'm tired of the guy, you know, he comes in and he's got his crazy theories and all this stuff. And, you know, it's like, wow, you, you talk smack about Marvel and then you go to DC and then you talk smack about DC and then you go back to Marvel. I, I just, I can't believe he hasn't burned his bridges yet. Yeah. And now with this, you know, to, to, I hope the Archie comics company realizes, wow, this is not a guy we can trust. We probably shouldn't do projects with him because for him to bail on something that they didn't even control, this was the comic book store that posted it. So he's ditching them. So yeah, that's, that's some BS. So again, learn from that aspiring artist, aspiring writers, just go and talk to people directly. Don't go making it a problem yourself. And that's such a shame. So I never want to see something fail, but I'll tell you, I really don't want to see Rob Liefeld do successfully. There's my rant. <laughs> that's what grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. No, I think you're absolutely right. That's it's that's not how a professional works, I don't think. So uh that's gonna be that's gonna be um it's going to be how some people look at it and some some people will be like he's completely in the in the in the fair so uh well no, the thing that i guess the the last echoing part on that is it gets me mad because if the book fails he's gonna blame it on that spoiler yeah and he won't be wise enough to recognize that hey maybe it was my writing hey, maybe it was me ditching the book before issue number one even came out. Because I know you and I have both sat through that. You know, we've, we've both collected comics. Like, I think about JMS, J. Michael Straczynski. I thought he was a great writer. 
Uh, I was totally excited when he was going to do the main Superman book, but then he found out about New 52 and he quit like what? Three, three issues in. Three issues so in, now yeah. it's like, you know, wait a second. Am I, am I really reading the story? You know? So it's like, you know, and, and, and what really sucks is by the time that book is three issues in, well, I, as a fan, or if I'm a comic shop person, we've already bought three issues extra because we have to pre-order in advance. So yeah, it's that's shoddy behavior. That's what makes the hobby not fun. I mean, if so, if someone told me that, you know, if I was working on Superman, I, I and someone said, "Well, you know, unfortunately, you're the last one that's going to be working on the storyline before it gets rebooted, and you know, everything changes again," I'd be like, "Well, cool. I means I get to I get to do anything I want with the character because it won't matter, yeah. right? Like his was what was it? Uh, Superman grounded, right? That was the story that he was working on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of that, he could have been like, yeah, I totally renounce everything the United States says, or, uh, you know, I, I complete, I will now fight on the side of, uh, I, I don't know who, whoever the, the native Americans kind of thing. Like it, it, it would make big news. He would get all the publicity and it wouldn't matter because in one month they were going to be doing, uh, New 52, and Superman would go back to the way it was. He, I mean, he could have turned around and just had him Superman blow up the Earth, like, kind of thing. Yeah, he could have taken it, like, he could have had this, you know, considering it was grounded and it's all about Superman getting in touch, maybe, you know, this, this it, like, I almost think to um, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, the last... Mm -hmm. Fast Superman story, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, why not? Why not have those parts where it's like, all right, he gets in touch with man and he decides to renounce Superman and just be Clark Kent or, you know, you, you can end the story however you want, you know, or he could have done the big next Nick Spencer moment before Nick Spencer even thought about it, you know, where Superman looks at the page and he's just like, Luther was right. Mm -hmm. Whoa, <laughs> you know, but yeah, instead he he peed in his Cheerios and we had to eat them. Uh, okay. that for an analogy? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, were talking about the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series uh, as it was coming to an end with our uh, 200th episode legacy episode, uh, who was the most. Now that the show is coming to an end, we wanted to see if we could create the same storyline uh, in the DC universe as opposed to in the Marvel universe. So we took characters that we liked in the DC universe and plugged them in to the storyline that was happening in the uh, Marvel universe or the MCU. So essentially what we needed to come up with is who is your who is the person that doesn't want to become the next hero, who doesn't want to carry on the legacy? Uh, who is the character that's going to be making amends for the things that they did and be the partner to the person that is uh, 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 trying to find themselves? Who is the character that's been left out in the cold that, you know, is is doing their own thing now? Who's the character that has been appointed as the replacement to the hero and is not doing the job that they want or that they're doing the job as other people see fit? Who's your uh, who's your one that's trying to change the world, either for good or for bad? And then finally, who's the who's the person that sees the world in black and white and says only these people are going to live and only these people are going to die? So who's your 
who's your Sam Wilson? Who's your Bucky Barnes? Who's your Sharon Carter? Who's your John Walker? Who's your Carrie, uh, Carly Morgenthau? And who is your Baron Zemo? All in the DC universe. We're going to show DC that we can do stories without Superman and Batman for Ouch. the most part. <laughs> Well, okay, as I said it, but we're gonna we're gonna open the toy box. Because I tell you what, there's nothing wrong with Bat Family. Exactly. Right. It's Bat Family. It's not always just Batman. So well, uh, I'm, I, mean, I, I know you're gonna call on the others. That's right. I'll go first. I am using the Bat Family. I am gonna use the Bat Family. I am going uh, the, the only problem that I have is that I did not use one of the key themes of a Falcon and Winter Soldier of race. Like I did not dive into that. I did not pick a character that is going to be struggling the same way that Sam Wilson is, is struggling uh, because how can they have a black Captain America? Uh, so instead I'm going to go with Dick Grayson. It's going to be, how does, how does Dick Grayson live up to the death of Batman to the death of Bruce Wayne? How, how can he possibly put on, the bat cowl. And we saw that. We saw that after the battle for the cowl, right? We saw Dick Grayson wearing the bat outfit. Uh, and right. he decided to do it the way he wanted to do it. Um, if we, if with all my complaining of, of just using Superman and Batman, how many times have we actually seen a Robin on the big screen? Yeah. Once, oh, right? I mean, you've only got Chris O'Donnell, yeah. Chris O'Donnell. You could argue Burt Ward because uh, technically that was a big screen movie for its time. Fair. So, but fair. even then, it's it's not much. I mean, that I'm was not the counting 70s, Joseph right? Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, 66. 60. That's right. 66. So, yeah, that's over 50 years ago or almost 50 years ago. <laughs> Uh, but yes, J- Joseph Gordon Levin has, or Joseph Gordon Levitt has that uh, shout out at the end of the movie is, that, oh, your middle name's Robin? You should use that more often. Um, yeah, uh, we have a Dick Grayson on Titans as a TV show. So you have TV versions of, of the, the bat family. Uh, we have a bat woman. We have, uh, uh, Gotham and Pennyworth, but I mean, we, do we really have any, we don't have a big screen Robin yet. So, uh, let's get that. Let's get there to Dick Grayson. So Dick Grayson is my is my hero that does not want to take up the mantle. Who is my hero that needs to make amends? Well, if we're talking Robins, you have Jason Todd, the Red Hood. The Red Ooh. Hood is going to go on his his uh, uh, whirlwind of amends, or as we saw at the beginning with the, in the TV show, Bucky Barnes is more saying, you did bad, I helped you do bad, we're going to make sure that you don't get to do any more bad. Uh, and I could see, I could see the Red Hood doing that. Yeah. Oh no, he he would fit that because I'm looking forward to your version when when he has to lift up because okay, he's gonna be wearing his his hood mask, right? So I can't wait to see him lift it a little bit so he can do the smile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want that awkward moment. <laughs> it needs to be in both universes. <laughs> so then we get to our um, Sharon Carter, who's the hero that got left out in the cold. That, as we know, because of the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, she's not a good guy anymore. She is a bad guy. She's got the intelligence. She's got the smarts. She's got the skills. And she has become the power broker. So who's the person that they're leaving out in the cold? Well, it's my favorite Robin, Tim Drake. 
and I feel like Tim Ooh. Drake has been left out in the cold in the in in recent history or in past history. Uh, yeah, Tim Drake comes back. It's like you guys forgot about me. You left me out here. You nothing nothing good happened to me after Batman died. So that's where we're at. He's the new. He's the new. Uh, let's say Demon's Head. There you go. Oh. <laughs> He's so going to take up broker that to demon's head. I dig it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, he's the one that is is going to seem like an ally to Dick and Jason, but in 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 reality, he's working towards his own methods, and he's getting uh, he's getting he's making sure he comes out on top. Who is our replacement Batman? Well, there's only real one disgraced replacement replacement batman and that's john paul valley another one of my favorite characters <laughs> uh as bats is going to make his i don't know uh well i guess technically in the rebirth universe he has put don the as bat outfit uh it was created by um oh uh luke luke uh luke um lucas fox luke fox yeah yeah, Lucas Fox. He created the the Asbad outfit. It was a it was a way to defeat some type of program. I forget what it was. Um, but let, let's let's have him throw that Asbad outfit on again and go crazy again and kill a bad guy again. Uh, and then I thought he said you like this character. <laughs> and then he gets he he'll get to do like a one little cool thing where he saves a person. Or tries to save a person, <laughs> and everybody will forget that he was not a bad guy. That he's not always a bad guy. He's redeemed <laughs> himself completely. My freedom fighter terrorist. That was my that was my hard one to pick. If I'm sticking with the Bat Family, I think I went with Talia. Talia Al Ghul. She's gonna she's gonna fight for because because you think about think about what is uh, the League of Shadows like mission statement right there's too uh, much there's too much bad in the world and there's certain cities that just create this bad so we need to get rid of those cities so that there's not so much bad left up until the point that. up until the point where you're not up until the point where you're killing off a whole city of people like it's a good mission. It's a good mission statement where you're just like, <laughs> yes, we need to get rid of the bad people. Like bad people are doing bad and we need to get the world in the back better place. So you're going to have Talia doing these things where she's like, this is the, you know, this is the right way. I'm carrying on my father's legacy this way. Whereas she's ex- ex- excised from the league of shadows because Tim Drake's in charge of it. <laughs> uh, so She's she's the one that Dick Grayson is going to have the conversation with. I don't know if in this new world that I'm creating, if um, Damien exists or not. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's fighting with his his mother. Maybe he's fighting against his mother. Uh, maybe Dick Grayson's still keeping him around, uh, just like he did the first time around. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna say that Talia Al Ghul is your freedom fighter terrorist. I like that. Okay, so then just to to dig into your mind a little bit. Um, so Talia, in your story, you go as far as killing her? Does she get captured? How do you plan her fate at the end of the season? I mean, wouldn't it just be the icing on the cake to have Dick Grayson kill her? 
or Dick Grayson, I'm sorry, Tim Drake kill her just the same way wow. Sharon Carter killed uh, Carly. So then he has that's... all of the League of the Shadows on his on his side, not not just the one that stayed with him, but the ones that went away with her. Wow. Okay, that's huge because <laughs> it's funny because I, I think about the uh, the Red Robin comic book series that came out uh, before the New Fifty Two. And that was when, you know, like it, that works perfectly to the fact that, you know, Tim was the forgotten Robin. Um, then he was tracking down Rachel Ghoul. And even as those two clashed, it got to a point where Rachel Ghoul was like, all right, Tim, you've done good. You've challenged me well, detective. And you're <laughs> like, oh, no, he called him the detective. This is huge. And like to have that it makes perfect sense that he could be the next head because I could see Al Ghul being like, yeah, this dummy Bruce Wayne is just not going to get it. So let me, <laughs> let me get Tim in there. And now Tim turns out and says, Hey, thanks for the cool, uh, cool, uh, secret organization and kiss your daughter. Goodbye. <laughs> so, wow, that can definitely, you've got some good season two stuff to <laughs> the wrath of the demon, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that could, when Dick and Jason go and find Tim, he could be going by the Red Robin out like moniker and be like, "Hey, you know, uh, we, we're sorry we kind of forgot about you, but you're doing well for yourself as Red Robin. Like, we need your intelligence. We need this the the gathering that you've done here. So, uh, we need your help." And then Tim will just be like, "Yeah, you know, it's hard. I'm always fighting against the League of Shadows. There's a new demon's head. Like, Rachel Gold died. So, whoever this new guy is is just too good." And then by the end of it, you get to, oh, he was talking about himself. <laughs> I was going to say, you could almost see Tim stroking his chin like, yeah, this is a most worthy adversary. And I would just like Dick to kind of have like a slight tilted head like he's egging it up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, we could literally just have a chessboard in front of in front of Tim where he's playing chess. And then he walks to the other side of the chessboard and play and moves the piece again. Like it, it would be a clue of oh, he's playing chess against himself. Like he's that good. He's moving all the pieces. I dig it. I like that. So then finally, who is my Baron Zemo? Who, who's the guy that's deciding these guys are bad and these guys are good? I'm okay with and killing the these dance moves. It's <laughs> a wicked dance moves. Well, who else other than Deathstroke? Deathstroke's going to be in there. Uh, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd will have to break him out of uh, Blackgate or yeah, I like that Bell Rev. One of the two, uh, and then they'll be like, "Look, we need your help. You're the only one that knows." how to get in touch with Talia because you're you you know you used to work for the League of Shadows so we need uh we need your help in this and he's like well you don't understand is that all assassins need to be killed (laughs) so got a point (laughs) yeah he's got a point and he has money and he also has a butler like character he has evergreen (laughs) so he can go ahead and uh, blow up uh the last of the League of Shadows that that get caught when working with Talia so uh, there's my there's my plot. There's my story. There's my Nightwing and the Red Hood move, TV series. I dig it. I, I I mean, you already had me at Nightwing, but you've got a lot of potential in there. I dig it. Um, like I said, to me, I just like Tim is going to be the breakout character in that. It's awesome. Uh, going into it as the Forgotten Robin, by the end of it, it's like okay, he's going to be the one to watch and. 
yeah, if he kills Talia, he better make sure that Raish's body is far, far, far <laughs> away from the Lazarus pit or there's going to be hell to pay. I mean, I feel like you have to put at this point because they've made it so that a, a Lazarus pit doesn't just like revive you. It brings a dead person back to life. You have to put his body on the moon so that there's yeah. no Lazarus pit nearby. Maybe you Zeta exactly. beam it to uh, another planet. <laughs> I dig that, yeah. So you see Adam Strange, what the f- <laughs> All this earth garbage keeps popping up. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we started doing that. This is Zeta beating our gar- garbage to another planet. Uh, all right, Chris, what is your storyline? Who are the characters you picked? Okay, so <clears throat> here we go. Let's start with the title. So, yes, we had that, catch- that, that catchy... Uh, uh, falcon and the winter soldier then it turned into captain america and the winter soldier uh so i gotta give the dc fans what we all have been of craving blue and gold that's right <laughs> uh those crazy cut-ups will actually be hopefully having a very dramatic series so if i follow the pattern uh so let's see so who doesn't want to take up the mantle so this one i actually like it because i'm going to get to play a lot with legacy so i want to start it out with Probably like the first half of the first episode, uh, let's introduce a character, Dan Garrett. So he's a retired police officer who became a college professor. But during his heyday, he was actually the golden age superhero, the Beetle, the Blue Beetle. And uh, so he's got the scarab and it gives him all the powers and everything's great. But, you know, he's also kind of... You know, like he, he practices heroics, but not as often and not as much. Uh, so then, you know, he befriends one of his students, a young Ted Cord. And so, you know, young Ted Cord is like, all right, cool, you know. And then we get to play up with the classic Blue Beetle origin. Um, so in this situation, uh, Ted goes to Dan and he's like, hey, my uncle's doing some crazy stuff. Uh, he used some, uh, some gadgetry that I built and he's trying to use it to take over the world. I need your help. And in this adventure with Dan and Ted, we, you know, Ted finds out that Dan is the beetle, the blue beetle, and he uses the scarab. As Dan is dying, he tries to pass on the scarab. He's like, I need you to take this, you know, you need to do something with it. And unfortunately, the the scarab gets lost. Um, So Ted at first is all gung ho about being a superhero. And he's like, yeah, this is great. I'm excited to do it. But He's just not sure. He doesn't have that confidence. Something is bringing him down. Um, so he's just not sure if he wants to take up the mantle. Now, in the future, so this 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 show is definitely going to have some sliding timelines. But in the far future, we see, you know, so who's our character wanting to make amends? So that's going to be Booster Gold because he knows that he's been a screw up. Like he screwed up his own personal life. And by this point, he's even already been a screw up as... Um, what you might call it as um, uh, as Booster Gold. So he's like, you know, I, I failed, I didn't do a good job, and my friend Ted Cord died. So it's like, wait, what? How is Ted Cord dead when he hasn't even become a hero? So like I said, there was something that was definitely causing him to, you know, not go forward with his powers and, and not go forward with even his heroics. Um so it's like, okay, well, what can you do now? Luckily, because of, you know, all the, the, the explosions and whatnot. So Star Labs goes and they're excavating the area and they happen to find the scarab. So let's have a very young employee working there. 
Jaime Reyes. So he winds up getting the scarab. And because of his personality and set, the scarab chooses to bond with him. And now we have a new blue beetle. So he is going to be the disgraced replacement because the, the scarab is just in defense mode. So Jaime isn't a bad guy. He's not a bad hero. He's a great hero. But I want to give that influence to the point of like, okay, we, we've got this going on and there's something happening here. Um, so he's a hero, but he's a little bit more darker. You know, it's, he's, he's all about, you know, property destruction, hurting the villain or hurting the bad guys, hurting people and stuff like that. So this is creating a darker blue beetle. Um, and then as we find out through our, let's see, our Sharon Carter and our Zemo. So this will play up with, so my Zemo would be Max Lord, uh, just because nice. I want to see Max Lord dance. I think that would be great. Uh, <laughs> but he's also being manipulated by Black Beetle. Now, Black Beetle was a character that was created, once again, shortly before the uh, uh, the big New 52. So we don't know much about him. We have no clue. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play up the fact that he's from a tangent timeline, and he's hoping that by getting the the scarab to go through its defensive mode early, it'll basically burn out Jaime Reyes, and then he will get the scarab, and he'll be even more powerful than he currently is, because the scarab has bonded with him, but it ha or it's joined with him, but it hasn't bonded with him. So he has powers, but he doesn't have complete control, and he's hoping that by getting the the scarab to burn through its defensive mode through somebody else, it'll be weaker and easier to take it over when he gets it. Um, so that's the play in that one. So he's manipulating Max Lord to help him. So Max Lord is using his uh, mental powers. And again, these are from a little bit from the future. So this is a Max Lord who is like, well, I didn't want to kill Ted. So this is a way where I can get my plans to happen earlier without having to kill Ted. So he's a better villain for it. Um, and he's also kind of got the Zemo idea of, I don't want heroes. I'm tired of it. You know, these guys go around and cause destruction. So if I can get that scarab, I can take the blue beetle off the chessboard. And he's just one by one hoping to take heroes away because even though villains may team up, they're always going to screw each other over. So <laughs> he knows black Beetle's going to kill him. So he's like, well, I'll just stop it first. If he can't get the beetle scarab, he can't become the black beetle. So eventually once booster gold comes back to the present and starts working with Ted cord, uh, they go after and track down, um, um, uh, Jaime Reyes. And so they're helping him come to terms with the scarab. So by the end of it, we get Ted freeing Jaime and the scarab totally bonding and trusting Jaime. So now we get two beetles, um, Zemo, AKA Max Lord, he does get shut down. Um, and the, the Freedom Fighters, I almost forgot that. So the Freedom Fighters that would actually be created in this situation, it's going to be a play of Brother I and the Omax. Ooh. So Brother I is worried about what the human race is going to become. So it's stunting it from being heroes. So Brother I. Like, I, I think I would kind of play it up like how they did with the Flag Smasher, where it's like Brother Eye is an actual person. So they have enhanced abilities, and then Brother Eye shares the abilities with the Omax, creating a one-man army corps. So that's how that gets played out. So, like, Omax, or sorry, Brother Eye isn't necessarily a bad guy, but their means 
not justify those ends. Right. You know, because yes, we want the superhero violence to stop because what I also like is we could hint at, at a potential future like kingdom come. And that's obviously some of the stuff they're trying to stop from happening. Uh, Ted and Mike are uh, Ted and booster gold. So once they get Jaime to gain full control and trust of the scarab, that whole future is done, but that also causes brother. I to shut down and die. So we, we have that touching moment. Uh, Max Lord, it finally decides, well, in that case, I don't have to worry about Black Beetle anymore. Just turns over and shoots Black Beetle. So it's kind of a weird symmetry of he still killed a beetle, but he didn't kill Ted after all. I thought that'd be kind of a nice little play. Um, and then since Jaime, you know, now is in better control of the Scarab, he's trying to redeem himself, you know, be a hero of the people, from the people, for the people. And then... Ted is like, well, I'm not sure if I want to take up this heroics thing, but I like this new circle of family that I've got. And again, so the big thing is who's our Sharon Carter. So who's the person who got left behind? So I like in this twist, Sharon finally comes from the future because she's been holding or not Sharon. Sorry, that is Sharon Carter. <laughs> uh, Michael's sister, uh, Gold Star, a.k.a. Michelle uh, Carter. So it's it's Booster's twin sister. So she comes from the future and she's like, what the heck, man? You left me out there. Like, I'm glad that you saved Ted and I'm glad that you changed history for the better. But this left me holding down the fort. So she's kind of mad about it. Um, so, you know, but she's like, ah, it's OK. You know, I'm I'm in the present and I'm alive. So everything's good. And so at the end of it, she's walking away. We're going to focus in on her ear. And what do we happen to see? That little Mr. Mind right Ooh, inside there. I like so that. He's been the one manipulating her to manipulate Max Lord to manipulate Black Beetle. So it's like, even though there was a twist, there's another twist. And so that way we could lead up to eventually Mr. Mind being that weird evil butterfly of doom. So that'll <laughs> be my season two. <laughs> so uh, in your storyline, does your Carly also get killed? Uh, yeah, I think you have to like, I just because with the black beetle, like I always wonder about that. Like how do these, um, directors and writers for the TV shows, how do they feel on taking characters, but that aren't entirely developed. So that would be tough because part of me would be like, well, I'd love to give black beetle a name, uh, give them backstory, but I have the right to do that. You know, I mean, Hey, I'm always up for meeting with Dan Jurgens and talking to him. So I could be like, well, you did create this character. Um, are we okay with doing some cool stuff? Can we elaborate? What was your plan? Maybe involve them because it's not unprecedented for, um, the, the, the external things to develop. I mean, technically Superman didn't fly until the radio show. So True. these things have grown our heroes. Um, so I guess if I get the blessing and am able to get them in the writer's room, then I'm all for developing the character to let them live to do more. But if I don't, then it's like, well, you know, if DC put them in comic book limbo, I guess I'll do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> A fate far worse than death. <laughs> all right. But, yeah, I think I, I, I do have to kill him just because, like I said, I like that that image of of max lord killing a beetle but luckily it's not ted so that works for me <laughs> <laughs> there you go there's our stories there's our captain america and winter soldier in the dc universe we hope you enjoyed them if you uh 
if this is your first time listening to us, this is this is how we do it. We make we make up our own little challenges. So if you have a challenge for us, or you want to talk about one of the stories we created, or you want to just talk about comic books, reach out to us. We're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online? So I also am out on Twitter, and you can find me as Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D, and then check out geekleetmedia.com and aiptcomics.com for all my writings about comic books. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please help Please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.